0: I hope you brought your Bibles today. We're going to go over a couple of scriptures today. The title of my message is called Experience Omnipotence. If you don't know the word omnipotence, you're going to find out today what that means. And I'm going to define the word experience using the verb definition in the dictionary this morning. The first definition for experience as a verb tense is to participate in or undergo participate in or undergo the second one is to be emotionally or aesthetically moved by you ever been in a church service and you were emotionally and aesthetically moved i didn't hear you the third one to learn by experience and through this definition i found out that you can use the word you're defining in the definition most people don't know that but i guess you can what does it meant by experiencing God? How do we go about experiencing omnipotence? If we begin with the dictionary definition of experience, as I've just defined for you, and you put it together with the word omnipotence, the all-powerful God that we serve, I believe we're going to come up with a definition, something like this. Participating in the nature of God, being moved by him and learning of him by familiarity. Let's pray. Father, open our hearts and our minds. Father, once again, we have come again to your house, ready to receive what you have for us. Open our hearts, Lord. Speak to us today through your word. Open our minds, Father. May we be intrigued by what your word has for us today. May we go away from here changed by your word In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Before we can participate in God in any way, there are two things, inner conflicts, that we must deal with before we can participate with God. Did you know that? The first conflict that you have to deal with is that you're a hopeless sinner in a pit from which you cannot get out of on your own. Romans tells us that. Second thing is nothing we do on our own is acceptable to the Almighty God. Not giving our money just like we just did. Not helping out, volunteering at church, if you do that on your own. Not going and volunteering at a hospital. Not participating in a church service like you are now. Scripture tells us that in order to resolve these two conflicts, we have to receive Jesus. He has to come into our lives, has to come into our heart. We have to receive him as our Savior and our Lord. We have to turn our lives over to him. Only then are our words and our actions acceptable to God. The first key to experiencing God is to be a partaker of the divine nature. 2 Peter 1.4 says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly and great precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through lust. We have to partake of this divine nature of Christ through his shed blood on the cross for our sin. The second part of that definition that we saw a while ago experiencing God is being moved by him the movement of God in the soul of man is the function of the Holy Spirit from the very beginning of creation when the Spirit of God moved upon the waters of the world in Genesis it tells us the movement of the Spirit also moved on the hearts of the unbeliever drawing them to Christ, just like you were drawn to Christ. We are moved by God in his drawing us to faith. The Spirit moves in our hearts to convict us of our sin and our need for a Savior. And within believers, this Holy Spirit directs us, guides us, leads us, comforts us, influences us, as well as produces the same attributes of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. The Spirit moved also on the authors of this great book, the Bible. The Spirit breathed on their hearts and in their minds, and through the Scripture, He moves within us to testify to our spirit that we are His children. The third part of experiencing God is the lifelong process of learning of Him, becoming so intimately acquainted with Him that we joyfully yield our lives to Him. This involves coming to understand that God is a faithful. He's just. He's holy. He's unchanging. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent to all the circumstances of our lives. One very joyous part about experiencing God is we get to intimately learn who he is through this text we call the Bible. The Bible tells us that God is love in John 4.8. As we experience his love, we we can begin to share our Christian love with others regardless of circumstances, and this in turn will produce more and more love as others experience God's love through us. So, what is the key to truly experiencing God? What is the key to truly experiencing God? Although extremely popular in Christian circles today, we see that people, churches have worship experiences, the concept of experiencing God is not explicitly found in Scripture. Scripture. I looked throughout the text. I couldn't find where it tells us how to experience God. There's numerous commands in Scripture that tell us how to relate to God, but experiencing is not one of them. We are to love God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. We are to obey God. We are to trust God. We're to fear God. But nowhere does it say that we should experience God. The key to experiencing God then is not expecting an experience or an emotional lift. Rather, it's a lifelong process, church, to experience God. We need to be sanctified, growing closer and closer in a knowledge of God. Amen? So that's my introduction. As Pastor says, I like it when he says that. The, the first, there's four key things that we need to do to experience God. Four key ways to experience God. And I don't think I'm going to be very profound to many of you today. I think you know these things, but I'm just going to remind you of them. We should actively seek to experience God on a daily basis, shouldn't we? Depending on the background, I think that question may send you into a A freak-out session. Experiencing God, that must mean something really powerful. (laughs) The reality is that when we talk about experiencing the presence of God, sometimes things can get real weird real fast. Right? You've been around church long enough. You've seen in Pentecostal movements things get kind of weird real fast. But it's subjective, right? It's to each of our own experience in church with God, our feelings of supernatural experiences go beyond a daily norm? Or does it? If you've been around church for any length of time, you've probably encountered some skin crawling services, some weirdness around church. But I believe experiencing the presence of God is something that we need to do on a daily basis. We've seen church services, healing sessions on TV. We've seen in the 80s and the 90s different services where things were going on that was weird, right? Come on, don't sit out there and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't think it has to be that way. In fact, as I read this text called the Bible, it tells us that we should experience God every single day. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be strange. I'm convinced that God wants us to truly experience His presence on a daily basis. We just need to reshape our conversation regarding what it means to experience God. With that in mind, there's four simple, key, utterly ordinary, utterly profound things that we need to do to enjoy the presence of God each and every day. Can I move away from the pulpit? Is that allowed? I want to come down and talk to you from these altars. A couple years ago, we decided that we would build these altars and have them placed back in our sanctuary. It's important that we have altars, right? It's important that we have this place for us to come and pray. I want these altars to be stained with tears stained with knees that are kneeling before them, right? We are always in the presence of God. The word omnipotent means that God is all-powerful. The word omniscient means that God is all-knowledge. Omnipresent means that God is everywhere, right? Because God is omnipresent, we are always in his presence ponder with me for a second and think about that god is always with you the fact that we're sitting in church it's kind of easy to say well god is there yeah he's he's with us but he's also in your car on your way to work every second of every day we truly in the presence of god we don't need to do some spiritual ritual to bring god into our lives We don't need to have some cloth that we pray with to bring God into our presence. It's not in here. God is truly with us always. We don't need to go to some holy city to participate in God. No need to handle relics or offer up special prayers to the saints. There's a Latin term. This Latin term said that we need to live always corum dio, corum dio, Before the face of God. We need to live before the face of God. Because we are in Christ, this reality goes even deeper. We are not just in the presence of God in the same way that the rest of creation is, but rather the presence of God has made a home. Where? Where? Inside of us. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence inside of us. (laughs) We are truly temples of God. How do we know this? Paul tells us. He asks us a question. He says, Do you not know? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? This is the God we serve. He says that you are my temple. These are absolutely breathtaking words that God decides that he's going to dwell within us. The same presence that caused Isaiah to fall in terror that we read about in the scripture is the same presence that dwells with inside of us as humans. Not out there somewhere, not over there, but here, deep inside of you. We have access to this glorious presence always, church. Isn't it staggeringly good news that the presence of God is not walled off by some massive curtain? Not only accessible by a priest, but it is accessible by each and every one of us. Hallelujah for the presence of God. Hallelujah for your mercy, God. The Holy Spirit has relocated and dwells within us. Church, it doesn't just happen here. It happens everywhere you go. Tonight, we're going to have group life. And at your group life session, God is going to be there. He is. He's going to be in your classroom as a teacher. He's going to be at your workplace. Because you're there. You've decided to receive Christ, and now God dwells within you. This sweet, holy presence of God is always available to us. And we don't need to use it to manipulate it by having a revival session. This accessible God is always with us. Can I get an amen? amen. Point number two. We experience the presence of God through this scripture. Do we? Do we experience this God through this scripture? In Genesis, it talks about where the spirit of God hovered over the earth before it was formed. That same spirit is still here today. The Bible's no ordinary book. It's not a mere collection of stories about people and things. It's God's love letter to us. It teaches us how to live our lives. Hebrews 4.12 reminds us that the word of God is alive. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of who? Turn to your neighbor and say, You. <laughs> When we open the pages of this book, we are encountering the living and active speaking God. There's no safe place in this word. What do I mean by that? When you open up this word, it tells you that it's going to divide your soul. It's going to cut you. It's going to cut you probably where it hurts. It's an active speaking God to you. He's going to convict you through this word. He's going to move you to repentance through this word. He's going to convict you. He's going to strengthen you. How many need some strength today? How about Larissa Blevins? You think she needs some strength today? How about a family that's suffering? This word is going to encourage you to the depth of your soul. (laughs) He's going to prompt you to pray for somebody. We just prayed for a couple people, didn't we? Linda Warren, Larissa Jewell, some people on the mission field. They need your prayers. It may drive you to your knees to worship. Church, can you get in the word and realize that David shows us some psalms and he worships God in those psalms. When we open the Bible, we're encountering the presence of God in a unique and powerful way. It's foolish to not be in this word, church. It's foolish. You want to experience God and you want to have a revival? Get in the word. For we're not consistently immersing ourselves in this word, we're fools. We're fools. Point number three. I haven't told you anything you don't know, right? Just reminding you. Number three We can experience the presence of God through prayer. Consider for a moment the glorious nature of our God. Consider the presence of his during our times of prayer. The creator of the universe, the king of kings and the lord of lords is with us always. When we pray, things happen. This creator holds the planets into orbit. These huge stars have been placed by the Creator. The atoms that hold you together are held together by the hand of God. It's absolutely mind-boggling. God wants to open up our hearts and our minds to bring our burdens to Him when we pray. God wants us to ask big and audacious things of Him. Because our God is a big God. Thank you, God. It's not like journaling and it's not like talking to a friend. But when we pray, God actually does the stuff. I mean, it yes, yes, he does. The presence you. of God suddenly inhabits the room where you're praying. God comes and does things beyond our thinking, or our imagination. He does things in the realms that we can't see. God suddenly inhabits every big and every little detail of our lives. He does, church. He lifts our burdens. He gives us peace when we pray. He empowers us to overcome sin when we pray. He heals the sick. Doesn't he? He does, church. He saves the rebel. He saves that person that was saved and has gotten away. He prays. He saves. He He provides for our needs. When we pray, God takes action. There's a quote. I want to give you by E.M. Bounds. It says nothing is well done without prayer for the simple reason that it leaves God out of the account. Let's reverse that. When we pray, God is brought into the account. And when that happens, there's no such thing as the impossible. When God enters the equation, the normal laws of nature go out the window because my God is a God of the impossible. Amen? If we want to experience the God on a daily basis, it's as simple as praying, church. Prayer is saying to God, please come into my life. Please come and inhabit every situation of my life. I'm not sufficient, God, on my own. Come and do it for me. The fourth point. I preached this to my wife last night, and she told me to pause after each of the points. I hope I'm doing the right thing. (laughs) It's a good word, amen? Matthew 18, 20. I'm trying to stay out of the... Trying to stay out of the, I can't think of the term, the feedback of the speakers. Matthew eighteen twenty, it says, "For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them." Yes. We experience the presence of God when we fellowship. Think about that next Sunday. You see people's faces here every week. You kind of know the people that are here. We experience the presence of God when we fellowship. In other words, Jesus himself is uniquely present wherever we go and we talk about the Lord. Small group tonight, we're going to talk about the Lord. There's Jesus. Today we've gathered together. The fact that you came here, Jesus is here with us. It's what 1820 is telling us. Bible study, when the ladies have their Bible study, they come together on a Tuesday night. Jesus is there. We have a ladies' prayer on Tuesday mornings. Jesus is there. You're riding in your car with your spouse, talking about the Lord. Jesus is there. You're at home eating dinner, talking about the Lord. Jesus is there. 1820. Matthew 18, 20, to mean that the presence of God manifests himself in a unique way when we talk about the Lord, when we gather together. Our words, our experiences, the presence of God in a way that we simply can't imagine or think about. God is there with us. God does something special when we pray, when we sing, when we worship, but he shows up just the fact that we are gathered together talking about the lord the reason we shouldn't neglect meeting together it says in scripture in hebrews it says not neglecting to meet together is in the habit of some but encouraging one another how many need encouragement today come on church how many need encouragement today it goes on to say, "All the more as you see the day drawing near, yes. do you see the day drawing near? It is. He's coming for His church. We shouldn't neglect to meet together as one of the ways God preserves us till the end. He's saying, "Meet together so that I can be there with you, so I can encourage you, so I can be with you, so I can lift you up, so I can carry you through your burdens." Talk about motivation to stay close to Christians. I got to find my last page here somewhere. Oh, I knew I was going to do that. When we talk about the Lord, he's present. Don't get me wrong. When God is present, there are some supernatural things going on. When God answers prayer, when all possibilities have been exhausted, God is present, doing things in a realm which we don't know about. When he absolutely levels you through a particular passage of Scripture, You understand something in this scripture that you haven't understood before. God is present in that. He's showing you, leading you, guiding you, and you are becoming intimately involved in our God. Most of the time, our experiencing God presence will be very ordinary. That's what I just told you, that God is with us always. How many have had an ordinary day God was there with you don't forget that, that God is always with you this should be profound encouragement to us that we're not alone we don't need to work ourselves up into an emotional frenzy to bring God he's not a conjuring God he's a present God we don't need to go to a conference or a special place to bring God into our lives, he's there with us we can experience a beautiful and glorious presence of God every day, every hour, every minute. I preached from the altars. You agreed with me that the altars are a special place. I want you to stand with me. Hold out your arms like this. Now you're Superman. (laughs) We approach most things kind of not ready to experience it and kind of holding back a little bit. But when you put your arms out like this, you're kind of ready to grab a hold of something, right? I ride a motorcycle. I ride it just like this. Now turn your hands over. This means you want to receive something do you want to receive something and we need to receive something because there's something to be received at the altar